You're listening to the Bible teachings of Reality Church Stockton. For more info, please visit our website at realitystockton.com. Now, during the Advent season, we have been looking and reflecting on the person and work of Jesus, how he's already come to us in his first appearance through his birth, and also what Advent does is we look forward to his return. It's the Christian faith. It's a past-reflecting faith. We look back, but it's also a future-focused hope, like we tell our children when they're going to cross the street. We, We must look both ways. Good, faithful Christian practice looks back and forward. But here's the deal. Even if we do this well, Even if we are faithful to look back and we're faithful to look forward, it's really easy to think, well, Jesus is way back then in history. We've read the stories about him. I believe that he came, died, and rose. And he's somewhere back there 2,000 years ago in history. And I believe that he's coming again, so he's somewhere way up there in the future in heaven waiting for us. But the question for us this Christmas is what about the time being? Where does that leave us right now in the limbo? How near is Jesus today? In Ephesians 3, which is the portion of scripture that we've been looking at all Advent season, Ephesians 3 shows us that Jesus is nearer than we could ever imagine. In fact, Paul prays for the church in this way, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Where? In our hearts. In your inner being, within you today. That is the claim of Christmas. And what I want to do is I want to point out a connection here between this statement found in Ephesians 3 and the very familiar Christmas story that we read of in the nativity scenes. Ephesians 3 describes something very similar to what we read of in the birth narratives found in the gospel. In this, that the miraculous birth isn't just something that happened in the first century in Bethlehem, but that through faith, according to Ephesians 3, according to faith and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, it also happens in us today. Augustine of Hippo, also known as St. Augustine, once asked this question, what does it avail me or what does it benefit me that this birth has happened if it doesn't happen in me? That it should happen in me is what matters. In Matthew's account, Jonah read this portion earlier. We read, but as he considered, speaking of Joseph, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And in a very familiar way, in a sort of a similar language here, Paul says in Ephesians 3 that by the Holy Spirit, Christ is in us. As the Spirit brought miraculous life in Mary, so the Spirit continues to bring miraculous life in us. As the King of the universe was dwelling in her for nine months or so, so now through faith, Jesus dwells in us. And through ongoing faith, not just one-time faith I believed back when, but ongoing faith, 
our experience of Jesus dwelling in us increases over time. More aware of him, present to him more, surrender to him more, enjoying his presence more and more every day. So, here's the question I want us to consider. Kids, I believe that you have ways to take notes if you want to take notes with us. The question I want us to consider this morning is what does it mean that Jesus dwells in us? What exactly does that mean? What does it mean to dwell? Well, first, it means to reside. To dwell is to reside, or think to become a resident. The hope of the gospel is that Jesus is making his home in us. Jesus came to earth. He dwelled among humanity. He lived, he ate, he walked uh, through Jewish villages during his 33 years on earth. But now, we're told, through his Holy Spirit, he resides within us. Now, what I want to do in order to understand this idea of residing, I want to point out the difference between staying somewhere and residing somewhere. Years ago, Michelle and I and the kids were planning to move, and everything in the house was boxed up and staged and ready to go. I'm not talking about the friend that invites you over to help them move, and when you show up, you realize that nothing is boxed up. (laughs) Don't ever invite me back again. No, I'm talking everything's boxed up. The boxes are taped, alphabetical order. It's staged. The heavier items ready to go in the back of the truck first. All of these different things. And then at the very last minute, it all fell through. And what we ended up having to do was, although we are grateful for a place, we had to remain in the house that we were planning on leaving. But during that short season, you better believe we lived in a very temporary way. We didn't take the picture frames back out and put them back up on the walls. We didn't unbox. We were camping in our house. We were living out of boxes because we were planning on leaving very shortly. But to dwell, to dwell is the very opposite. It means to reside. It means to unpack. It means to hang the pictures on the wall. It means to apply for a change of address. You out-of-towners, it means to finally change your number to a 209 area code. Yeah, amen. It means to become a permanent resident in our hearts. To make a house a home. Christ dwelling in our hearts means that Jesus intends to make his permanent residence in us, in our hearts. Where is our heart? Our heart is the center of our being. It's the seat of our affections. It's where our will and our intellect and our decision-making capacities reside within. And this is the very place that Jesus resides. And because this is the very place that Jesus resides, this is the very place that he intends to renovate. He's an invested resident. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, puts it this way. Imagine yourself as a living house. This may give you creative uh, inspiration for decorating your ornaments right now. No rules, though. You can do whatever you want. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, and he's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so... You're not surprised, but presently he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? 
Well, the explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. He's throwing up a new wing here. He's putting out an extra floor there. He's running up towers. He's making courtyards. You thought that you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. Why? Because he intends to come and live in it himself. What is Jesus doing? He is building a house fitting for the king. What does it mean to dwell? It means to reside. Secondly, to dwell means to be received. Paul says that Christ dwells in our hearts, and this is important, through faith. Not just generally, this is not something we just assume, oh, Jesus is in your heart. No, Jesus dwells in our hearts, we're told, through faith. Faith is essential. Why is faith essential? Because faith is the way that the door of our hearts are open to receive him. And faith is the way that Jesus is received, not just as a guest with limited access to certain rooms. Well, this is your room here, Jesus. This is your nice little bed. Here's your guest bathroom. We put out a towel for you to use. You know, you can this, call yourself home right here. No. It's like saying, come and live in me and make this house your home in its entirety. Now, our family loves uh, the movie Fantastic Mr. Fox. And um, Ash is the son of the fox. And Ash is having to share his house and his family and his room with his cousin that he hates for no reason. He's a good kid, right? His cousin named Christopherson. And Ash is just like making his life miserable. And there's this scene where they're in the bedroom and Christopherson asks, you know, do you mind if I slide my bed out from underneath the train set? It's hard to sleep in that corkscrew position. And Ash says, there's a lot of attitudes going on around here. (laughs) And Christopherson responds, he's like, well, it's just that my spinal cord. And he says, you know what? Ash responds, you can sleep wherever you want. Take my bed if you want. And Christopherson says, Never mind. And Ash responds, oh, now you're going to pout about it. I've had it up to here with the sad house guest routine. And every scene, you see him just like being such a jerk to this guy who just needs a place to stay. And over and over and over again, he's reminding him that this is temporary. You are tolerated at best, but you are not welcome here. Dwelling means that Jesus is received wholeheartedly through faith. No room, no space, no area of our lives off limits to him. One of the saddest uh, lines in the whole Christmas nativity uh, narrative that we read of in the Gospels is found in Luke's Gospel. It's a very familiar passage, and it goes like this. And she, speaking of Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, speaking of Jesus, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That's a striking image. There was no room for Jesus on the first Christmas. We're sort of history snobs. We think, well, if I were living back then, I would have done things differently. Would you? The question that we need to consider this Christmas is, is he going to find room in us today? 
Because like the old Christmas hymn goes, let every heart prepare him room. Every heart needs to prepare him room. We need to prepare him room. And the reasons we, you know, why he may find little room in us or no room in us may vary this Christmas. Maybe we have crowded hearts. Maybe we're like open to the things of Jesus. Sure, I love Jesus. But we've also just been open to everything else. Busy. And our hearts are just crammed with trivial things. Maybe we have guarded hearts. Maybe last Christmas we gave someone our heart and you know, like the very next day they gave it away. And we're like, mm-mm, this Christmas, saving the tears. Maybe we're guarded towards Jesus. I've, I've been hurt before. Maybe we're unbelieving and we have closed off hearts. Maybe, and I want to honor you, by the way, if you're here today, maybe you're just like, this Jesus thing is not for me. I am here to appease my relative. That's why I'm here. Just to keep the peace. It's a give and take Christmas thing. It's what we do. It's our arrangement. Maybe it's just an unbelieving heart. Maybe it's a wounded, broken heart. Maybe you've seen some things. And the vulnerability that is experienced through love just seems overwhelming and too painful. Regardless of the reasons, and we all bring our different reasons today, the solution is the same. We must receive him by faith. Inviting Jesus to come and to live in us and to make this house his home. And third and finally, to dwell means to reign. To reign. Kids, if you're writing that down, make sure you spell that right because there's different kinds of reign. To reign, like to rule and reign as a king reigns. Jesus was received as a precious little baby on the first Christmas, but now and forevermore, Jesus is and will always be the crucified and risen king. The gospel tells us that Jesus lived, he died on the cross for our sins, on the third day he rose again, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And in the same way, it would be so weird for my family to talk to me like I was a baby every birthday. Like it makes sense when I'm a baby, but to all of a sudden on the day of my birthday to start treating me like a baby, that would be weird. But we do the same thing to Jesus, don't we? He's the crucified and risen king, but on Christmas, we just love him little. Oh, there he is, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Earlier in Ephesians, we're told that Christ was raised from the dead, and when he was seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, far above every rule, authority, power, and dominion, he was given the name above all names. This is the Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas. Not a small, incapable, weak Jesus, but a risen, powerful, eternal, ruling and reigning, crucified and risen Christ. So what that means for us today is this, that where the risen Jesus resides, he also reigns. And the word here for dwell in the original language actually means to occupy or to seize a space. Remember like Occupy Wall Street? It means to like post up and say, this is mine. 
Like a king would come into a land and plant their flag and say, this land is mine to capture and seize a territory. And in the same way, when Jesus makes our heart his home, he makes our heart his throne. To have Jesus living in us means that this king rules over us. He has authority. He has power. He has control. He has ultimate say. Why? Because it's his home. It's his throne. It's his kingdom. So here's what Paul's doing right here. Paul is inviting us to pray a prayer that's going to take us far beyond our comfort zone. Maybe it was not where you were planning on going this Christmas, but we're going to go there. Paul is inviting us to essentially pray this prayer. Jesus, capture my heart. I know my own heart. I know my own tendencies. I know, left up to myself, that I am going to seek to rule my life. I am going to seek the throne of my heart. Jesus, take your rightful place. Dethrone me and take the throne. As you came into this world, come into my life. As you were born in Bethlehem, birth something new in me. As you ushered in your kingdom, usher in your kingdom in me. As you rule and reign in heaven above, rule and reign in me. And seen this way, this is a prayer for anyone and everyone here today. Whether today will be the day, first day of faith, whether today is the day that you finally repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe today is the day that you repent and return to Jesus because you've been running for a long time, or maybe today you have been trusting in Jesus, and this is just a moment of honest confession. Jesus, you are the king of my life, but I am constantly tempted to try to take back control. Wherever you are today, the prayer is the same. Lord, come and dwell in me. I receive you by faith. Establish your kingdom and establish your throne in me. Reside in me. Be received within me. And now and forever, reign in me. Amen? And from the bottom of my heart, Merry Christmas. I'd like to call forward the worship team at this time. We're getting-